All right, Life Church. Hey, men, you heard it on the announcements. Let's come out. Father's Day, get ready to get your breakfast burrito. I'll see you here. Well, welcome to our, our weekend at Life Church. And today I want to share on the subject that I'm calling Is There Any Hope? And I, I trust that today you're going to find a biblical answer to that question, is there any hope? Let me walk you back, if I can, just for a, a few moments, for those of you who have been a part of the Life Church family, and maybe those of you who have not, since the beginning of the year. We started off our year on a series called Hallways, helping you move from where you are to where you want to be. And obviously, a hallway is a place where you feel like you're stuck between two different places. And 2020 may feel like one long hallway where I, we are not where we used to be and we are not where we want to be and, and, and are we ever going to get beyond this point. I'm just here to tell you there is still hope. And I want to talk on that subject today. For so many, you may wonder if things are ever going to change. Will, will racism ever be eradicated? Will social justice ever become a reality. For those others of you, you contracted coronavirus and you wondered, am I going to live? And you did. Some of you lost your jobs and you don't know when you're going to be able to get back to work. Some of you are wondering, man, is my marriage going to make it? Are my kids ever going to turn back to God? I want to answer the question, is there any hope? And I want to answer it from the Bible. Look at this scripture out of Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says this. Now may the God of hope, look at that. He's the God of hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me define hope for you biblically. Here's a Biblical definition of the word hope. Confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength in his faithfulness. Do you see that? Confident expectation of what God has promised and its strength is in his faithfulness. Let me talk to you just for a few moments about hope. And I want to share with you how you and I can abound in hope when it feels like, it just feels hopeless. First thing about hope I want you to understand is this. Hope is essential. He's the God of hope. He wants us to abound in it. And hope is essential to life. I've lost a lot of things throughout life. I've, uh, and sometimes I've lost, most of you at times as well, you've lost either your purse or you've lost your wallet. And you kind of freak out. And then there's other times you've lost things, and it didn't really bother you that much. But if you've lost hope, you know the difference between what's essential and what is not essential. Hope is essential. Hebrews chapter 10 says this, recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with suffering, partly while you were made spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, 
knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. And he says this statement, the writer. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Don't be like, don't cast it away. There's, like, there's no more hope. This, the, the nation is going to hell in a handbasket or whatever it might be that is really troubling you right now. The writer says, do not cast away your confidence. I, I remember throughout my journey of life, I remember from a young boy all the way till now, I remember hoping for so many different things. I remember being in elementary school and I remember writing that little note if, if you're not, you know, if you're younger generation, I don't know if they even still write little notes to people they're interested in going out with. But being in elementary school, I remember writing a little note, will you go out with me? And three check marks, yes, no, maybe. And I remember having a friend deliver the note to the girl that I wanted to go out with in elementary school. And I remember hoping she would check the right box. I remember hoping that I would make the drama cast. I wanted to be able to be in the cast for the play. I remember hoping for that. I, I remember hoping that I would get the summer job. I remember hoping that my wife and I would be able to have a child after two miscarriages. I remember hoping that someone would ask me to preach at some point. I, I'm hoping now that our nation will turn back to God I'm hoping that our nation will turn to the Lord so that we can have the hope of people being changed from the inside out so we truly can eradicate racism from our nation. I'm hoping for some stuff today, and I know that you're hoping as well. Some of you are hoping that your marriage will make it. Some of you are hoping that your kids will turn around and they'll turn back to God. Hope is essential. It's an essential element in life. And you know that if you've ever lost it. If you've ever felt like hope was gone, I'm here to tell you, you know that, that life is, is you've got to have hope. It's, it's, it's an absolute essential quality. And I felt like God wanted me to impart this word to somebody today. I felt like somebody needed to know the answer to the question, is there any hope? Please stay tuned. Please listen to what God has to say about hope. He's the God of it says the God of hope. That's how the Bible describes hope. He's the God of hope. And you can know this about God and you can know this about the devil. That whenever God is something, the devil is pretty much the opposite. God is love. Well, the devil is hate. God is the God of hope. So the devil, he's the devil of despair. So whenever whenever I begin to despair, I know somebody has tried to come into my life and to take something from me that God is the author of, and he designed me to live with it. Life is designed to be lived with this essential element called hope. God wants to impart this to somebody today. So please listen in and lean in today. Not only is hope essential, but hope is God's gift. It comes from him. That's why I just was describing to you that the difference between what God is and what the devil is. Now may the God of hope, the God of hope. I, I read a story about a self-made millionaire, Eugene Land, who greatly changed the lives of a sixth grade class in East Harlem. And he was given the assignment and he had the mission to be able to give some sort of hope to some sixth grade students that, so that they would stay in school. 
And he had his notes and he showed up to the class. And then all of a sudden at the last minute, he just thought, I'm scrapping my notes. And he just looked at the class and he said, stay in school. If you'll stay in school, I will help. I think there's 59 of them. I will help pay the tuition, your college tuition, for every single one of you. All of a sudden, hope got in the classroom. And, and one, of the, one of the young men said this, said, I had something to look forward to, something waiting for me. It was a golden feeling. Hope's an amazing thing. Hope is a God thing. Hope comes from heaven. Do not cast away your confidence. Don't let it go. Don't cast it away. Don't let someone take it from you. Don't let life take it from you. I know things aren't the way we want them to be right now. I know life is not the way we want it to be. I know that our nation is not where we want our nation to be, but I'm here to tell you, God is the God of hope, and there is a biblical answer to the question, is there any hope? Well, I've noticed that when God says that he's the God of hope and he He's like, I'm, he wants us to abound in it. I'm thinking, wow, abounding in hope? Even in times of trouble, even in times of great trials, even in times where it doesn't look very hopeful? Or it's like, I, 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 by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can abound in this essential quality called hope. And I've noticed this about God, that when people lack, he shows up on the scene and he takes whatever people have when they give it to him and he blesses it and he multiplies it, and he leaves more than enough for everybody there. He takes water, he turns it into wine, and there was more than enough at that wedding celebration. And then he took a little boy's lunch and a, a, a few loaves of bread and a fish, and, and he multiplies it, and so much so that there were baskets of leftovers so that every disciple had their own basket to carry away afterwards. There's leftovers. God wants you and I to have more than enough hope so that we as Christ followers not only have hope for ourselves, we have leftovers to give to a lost and dying world around us. Woo-wee. So come on, preacher man, tell me how to get it then. If he's the God of all hope and he wants us to abound in it, how do I get it? All right, I want to give you two thoughts. Out of these scriptures and some more scriptures, what I believe the Bible tells us how God gives a way for you and I to abound in hope. If you and I are going to abound in hope, we need number one this. We need to know something. We need to know something. Look at this scripture out of Romans chapter five. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing, come on, wherever you are, just say that word knowing, knowing. We also glory in tribulations, knowing. I gotta know something. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. I have to know something. You have to know that whatever you are going through right now is eventually leading you to the place of hope. Picture it this way. Let's say that the last three weeks in a row, every week, you were getting robbed at your house. And you knew someone was breaking in and they were taking things that were mine. But you had a surveillance camera up and it saw who stole from your house. 
So you figured it out. You knew they, they pretty much were consistent. They came every week, same day. And it, so you know what you did? You waited for them to come. How many, if you knew, if you knew that someone was going to come back and try to steal from you again, how many of you would, if you, by just knowing it, you were set up, you were ready, you would know that, you know what? Not only are they not going to steal from me again, but I'm going to get back everything they stole from me before. If I knew something, I would get my hope back. The Bible wants you to know something. The Bible wants you to know that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character brings you to a place of hope. So do not forget what the Bible teaches you about hope. So I'm here to tell you, you have to know something. I want to encourage a younger generation to sit down and have conversations with a generation that has gone on before you because there are some stories hidden inside the well of the life of a grandmother and a grandfather who has been through some stuff and they know something that they want you to know. And there's only able for you to get that knowledge if you'll be able to sit down and go, tell me, how did God bring you? you, your generation, through that trial of a nation? How did God bring you through that troubled marriage? How did God bring you through that season of raising your kids? How did God bring you through the loss of your job or going through an economic downturn? How did God bring you through it? And there are some grandmothers and there are some grandfathers in the faith who have a well that they've been through it. They've been through tribulation and it produced perseverance. They've had some perseverance that produced some character and their character led them to hope and they know something and God wants you to know something. If I'm going to get a life that abounds in hope, then I need to know something. Look at this Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning. See that? Our learning. I got to know something. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Mm. I got like four people in the room. Can I get four amens? (laughs) These scriptures, it says they were written for our learning because in other words, in other words, for us to have hope, We have to know something. We have to know that whatever I'm going through, this is not the end of the story. And God can turn everything around that the devil meant for evil, and he can turn it around for my good. Come on, somebody. Say amen to that. Now, if I'm going to abound in hope, i got to know something. But I need to tell you now, knowing something isn't quite enough. i got to know someone who knows something. I got to know someone who knows something. Throughout the Bible, I see the writers of Scripture, and I see God speaking in, like, first person, declaring that it's me, says the Lord. Look to me. At a time when the children of Israel were disobeying the prophets, they were worshiping idols, and the prophets are trying to warn the people of God, like, hey, don't do this and don't do that. You're going to become captives to the Babylonians. Well, they didn't listen. And in the midst of 
of not listening, being taken captive, you would think God would say, well, there you go. Have at it. It's not God's heart. God's like in the midst of all that, he gives this scripture, which so many of you, if you've been a follower of Christ for a while, you're familiar with it, but I want you to be reminded of the context. It's when people were not doing well and were not making great decisions. And in the midst of that, after all this turmoil, things didn't go well, this is what God says through his prophet Jeremiah. And this is first person, God saying, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know, This is the Lord speaking. I know the thoughts that I think toward you. I gotta know someone who knows something. God's like, I know the thoughts. I gotta know someone who knows something. He goes, I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Did you hear that? God's like in the midst of when people don't make good decisions and sin is running rampant and and, and maybe even, you know, injustices are happening. God's like, listen, I, I can still turn things around. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, to give you a hope and a future. Psalm 121, let me just let the word of God come into your heart. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? In other words, when I'm in trouble, do I just look at natural stuff and go, I could run up to the top of a mountain. Maybe that'll be my safety. No, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He'll not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forever. It's the Lord where all our strength and all our security and all our hope comes from. Let me, let, me, let me show you another scripture, and this is where I want to land the plane, so to speak, today. Another time where things really aren't going so well and people have made poor choices. And yet, Hosea says this, and this is what the Lord again is saying. Hosea chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. But me she forgot, says the Lord. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, speaking of his people, I will allure her, will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor as the door of hope. What is the valley of Achor? The valley of Achor, the word Achor means trouble. The valley of trouble as the door of hope. Where did this valley come from? It came from a story in the Old Testament of a man by the name of Achan who rebelled and sinned. And he ended up being stoned and and his whole family. And it's like the valley of Achor right here, the valley of trouble. God says, I'm gonna bring a door of hope. Wow. In your deepest valleys, God's like, I want you to look around. There's a door of hope. Is there 
any hope in the valley of Achor, in the valley of trouble, when there's injustices, when there's, when there's sin reigning, when there seems to be all kinds of trouble around me, is there any hope? I came to tell you in the valley of Achor, the God of hope has put a door of hope. Look around you. Look, there's a door of hope. Come on, Christ followers. Don't just look to the culture. Don't just look to the world. Don't just look to a mountain. Look higher. Look above. Look, lift up your eyes. Look up to the Lord. The Lord is the God of all hope. In the valley of trouble, he says, I'll put a door of hope. I don't know what you particularly as an individual are facing when you're listening to this message, but I came here to tell some Somebody, someone needs to know in the valley of your trouble, in the valley of Acor, God says, I want you to look around. I have placed a door of hope right here, right now, in the midst of this trying circumstance, in our nation, in the midst of what's going on right now. Come on, church, look for the door of hope. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't give in to a spirit of despair. Things can change. Things can turn around. What the devil meant for evil, God says, I'll turn it all around for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. I feel it strong right now that there is a door of hope. Maybe you've been staring one direction and God goes, I just want you to look over here. I just want you to look to the scriptures. I just want you to look a little bit higher. I want you to look to my news. I want you to look to the good news. I want you to lift up your eyes. There's a door of hope even in the middle of the most trying circumstances. God's like, there's a door available. And he's called the God of hope. And I think if there's anybody who has the most perspective, it's God. He sees everything that's going on in the earth. And somehow he's like, I will not let go of my hope because he's the God of it. Church, let's be reminded, is there any hope? As long as there is a God. And his name is Jesus. There is hope. As long as there is a God by the name of Jesus, I'm here to tell you, and he is eternal, there is hope. There is hope for you. There is hope for your family. There is hope for this nation. There is hope for this world. Come on. Here's what I want to show you a picture of what I do when I don't know where else to look. I don't even know if the cameras will go here or not, but this is what I do. When I'm looking for a door, I kneel before the one by whom the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I don't know where else to look. I don't know where else to look. I'm like, oh God, it feels like a valley of acor. It's a valley of trouble. Come on, all of us together. We, we, we bow our knees and God lifts our head. And he's like, look around. I've, 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 I've designed there to be doors of hope in the deepest and darkest valleys. I've designed a door of hope. And the door's name 
is Jesus. So yes is the answer to the title of today's sermon. Is there any hope? I don't know where you are in your walk with Jesus today. I don't know if you have walked away from God or if you've ever really surrendered your life to Jesus. But I want to give you an opportunity right now because the Jesus that I'm talking about is knocking on the door of your life. And hope has arrived to your home. And he's saying, will you let me in? Will you let me in? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it's very simply this. If I want to get the author of hope and I want to find out what it's like to be free of my sin, then I just need to answer the door of his knocking on my heart and saying, Jesus, come into my heart and I want to pray for somebody right here right now don't wait another day don't wait another moment this is your opportunity because the door of hope is showing up maybe you need to get your life right with God again maybe you gave your life to Jesus at some point but you're like I've been doing my own thing and you need to come back pray this prayer with me Jesus here I am I come before you with all my sin and I ask will you forgive me of every sin I've ever committed And I welcome you into my life. From this day forward, I want you to be my Lord and I want you to be my Savior. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. I love you so very much. If you just prayed that prayer with me today, would you please help us help you? Will you text in to the number that's on the screen right now? We would love to help you with your next steps. If you need a Bible, we'll get you one. We have a small group that can help you to be able to begin to walk this journey out. Where do I go now? What do I do to walk out my faith in Jesus? We would love to help you in your spiritual journey. And if you need prayer for anything, please, we always, when we met in person, would, would open up the front of the church. You could walk right down. This is your opportunity. You can walk right down to the front of the church by texting in as well. I would just love to have somebody to pray with me. We have a team available right now to pray with you and to help you in your journey. Church, we love you. There is a door of hope available for all of us, no matter what we're facing today. God bless you. Have a great rest of your week.